Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it was on my heart to share some things that God has done because several of you are new and then where we're going. I really believed it at the NOW conference with Dr. Lairdon and, and uh, Pastor Joshua Krishna and Bill Prankard that there was such a deposit made and things that we were believing for. And, it, and one of the most important things that we go through in life is how we end one section and go to the next. Everyone knows that seasons end, although it's been difficult to decide <laughs> here. I think we missed spring. And suddenly, it was summer yesterday. I don't know where it went. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, the seasons haven't been notified that they end and begin. And uh, we want to know that, and I want you to be encouraged that seasons in the Lord do end. But there's always, the end signifies the beginning of another. And so as we go forward into this next season, it's important for us to recognize and know where are we going and what has God said. Many, many years ago, uh, we started out this church in a rented building. And that building was uh, a building that has since been torn down a long time ago. When we rented it, it had a couple of smaller holes, but by the time we were done, and we did set up church there, there were quite large holes in the floor. And so we were very grateful. One of the, there are two people here, I think, today, Serena and, and Angeline, who were there in that place and have been faithful members of Celebration Life Church all this time. The Lord has moved in us in such a way that he founded this part of the tribe, part of the family of God, through establishing, through prayer, and through giving us his word to stand on. And that's how the Lord operates and works through me. And so that's how it was built. Now, I understand other people build otherwise. That's, but you have to build how God says. And a lot of this today is about hearing how God uses you and being confident in what he has told you Amen. will absolutely come to pass. We were in Port Hardy when the Lord spoke about starting a church in Surrey, which seemed odd. Uh, Port Hardy is in the northern tip of Vancouver Island. And so what he said came to pass. Amen. And we're here. And it looks great. But there were a few interesting journeys along the way. And this, is, this verse from Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for your pleasure... They are and were. Find that again. Revelations chapter 4 verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. 
They are and they were. God has done many things in the were category. But today we are to live in the are. What is he doing today? And where will he take us today? It's important that we recognize and honor the foundation that he laid. As we honor the words he has spoken, it honors that foundation correctly. Many people say, hold fast to the word, and we talk about that. We've talked about how to hold the seed, have it get good, planted in good soil, how that it will produce as it's supposed to do, because seeds are supposed to, to produce fruit that's healthy enough to produce seed to continue the cycle. But often, we don't talk about the hows and whys seed works. Honor is one of those ways. We give honor to the words that God has spoken by recalling them. And when we recall them and we see that they have come to pass, it gives us confidence for future words that he has also spoken. When we were in the building with the holes in the floor, I had a dream and I saw myself writing two checks. It was very specific. I wrote it in my notebook. One of them was $75,653 in some sense. And then another one for $15,000. And they came out of our church bank account. I, it was, I saw very clear pictures. And I saw myself writing these checks and I thought, well, praise the Lord. I think there was like $300 in the bank account. <laughs> and I said, okay, Lord. Shortly after that, we had been warned that this building was now marked for deconstruction. <laughs> Isn't that a word they use in food now? I've deconstructed. Why would you deconstruct it? That taco was just fine the way it was. You know, and they put a piece of, a piece of tortilla over here and a very large plate and a tiny piece of meat and a, a slice of cheese there. And it was a deconstructed taco. You don't know what that thing was. And there isn't enough to feed a dog there or a bird. <laughs> Let's not deconstruct God's word. Amen. Amen. And so here we are. And, and the Lord gives me this vision. I think, okay, Lord. And I smile. A couple of months later, one of the members comes to me and says, there's a building and the people we're, are going to pay for it. And, and they're going to give you a whole month's rent. They need a down payment. $15,000. That was their check. But they're going to pay for you. They're going to put it out of this account. And these people were not saved. The building was approximately 5,000 square feet. And very shortly afterwards, I found myself writing a check for $75,000 and $15,000. Wrote two checks, just like it was in the dream. It was those amounts. And we moved into our first building. The next year, they kept paying the rent. We were there for several years. They paid the rent. I'm, thank you. We honor the words he has spoken by recalling those things. We continue to move on, and God continued to bless us. And... There were some things that happened because lots of times when you start things, the devil hears about it and then he gets upset. 
And so we went through a bit of a war and ended up with some debt, but we stood and believed God sowed crazy wild seed like Pastor Ann talked about. We needed $15,000. <laughs> and uh, so we received an offering, 30 to something, just under $3,300 came in. And I went, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> so um, we did something strange. We, we pushed and got together our what was left in the bank and wrote a check for $4,000 and gave it to another ministry that was building. Six weeks later, we had $15,000 to go into the next building. And, 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 a, and a church comes along that was not our denomination, nor were they favorable to tongue-talking. God has spoken to us. We need to give you some money for that building. Don't, you know, just like, just, just receive the check. How much do you need to finish it up? And that's how we got the rest of the money that we needed. We are one family, different tribes. <laughs> and God blessed them. Amen. And so we moved into the one on 132 and just down the road. We were there a year and a half. We poured in. It was a blessing. Our congregation was now growing. We had new people come. That's where we met Pastor Jason, began to come there. And I'm sure Shalane is very thrilled with that. Amen. <laughs> God has a way of bringing things together, <laughs> not just buildings. Amen. <laughs> and so... He gave us more words. As you can see on the side, there are things that God has spoken to us through the years. And so uh, a pastor came up who was starting a, a church or a, a school and was encouraging us. And we were taking him in the car to another meeting. And it was out in Abbotsford. And we're in the car and he begins to prophesy in the car. And he said, the camels are coming. I'm like, the camels. Okay, praise the Lord. He says, they're, they're coming, and there's finances coming. And that was before this whole thing. The camels are coming. The camels are coming. Don't worry about it. God's taking care of you. And, and so we said, okay. So when we were in the building on 132, the camels came. And the owner of the building, not a believer, comes to us and says, well, I've got another building I want you to look at. I know that you've got a five-year lease with us, da 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 da, -da. And I said, okay. So keep in mind, once again, he was not a believer. We stood at the top gate, and he, we, we stopped there. He says, now, just, I just want you to stand here and look. And he says, doesn't this look like a sanctuary? <laughs> yeah. Um, not the words I was expecting to come out of his mouth. And so then we came inside. It did not look like a sanctuary inside. <laughs> no one had been in it for a long time. There were more spiders than there were anything else. And it needed a lot of work. I was like, dear Lord. <laughs> I knew our people. And I, I knew, you know, I, I blessed our son-in-law loves to, to do and, and do work and whatnot. But he works full time. It would take him full time months and months to make this ready. And I walked around and I'm like, you know, in my head, okay, 10,000, 5,000, 6,000, you know, and I'm adding it up, what it's going to take to make this a place where we could worship the Lord. And I said, well, we can't really do this right now. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to share our financial situation as a church with an unbeliever. And he says, give me two weeks. 
sure. Think about it. I'm like, okay. He comes back to me and says, I've got permission from the company to spend up to 200000 Okay. <laughs> and we'll give you too much rent and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. And the rent was, and, and we're, you know, you're paying a lot here. We're going to make it less. $7.25 a square foot, which if you know anything about the real estate in Surrey, that's not heard of. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so they did. And so here we are. Here we are. Since we've been here, people who are, God has spoken to, Sister Sakila, there have been visions of people even on the, on the grass that God was just bringing in people and they were getting born again. That it was through here that great things would come to pass as God had said, that we would see the healing revival, that we would see people get restored. Now, the Lord has been very gracious. I could tell you from the time when there were holes in the floor to today, God has moved in miracles in our midst. We have people here today who are, who are walking in miraculous ways, things that the devil tried to take them out and take them out early. And they are alive today because of Jesus' blood. And, and we think about, how do we honor this? Well, you know, sometimes it's difficult to talk about miracles because then people get all hung up. Oh, is it you, Pastor Gwen? I am quite assured it is nothing to do with me. But I want to honor how he has touched our lives, how his good hand has been upon us, how he has worked with us, and people have gotten through who it was amazing. And they're here. Sometimes we don't see the miracles because it wasn't necessarily physical or because it was so inside and they were so broken inside, but we see them smile today. We see them leading wonderful lives. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord, for that which was and that which is. That he's continuing his good work. We honor that. We honor that. One of the most powerful words that stuck in my being when we were praying about even starting the church was that it would be built by the hand of God, not by the hand of man. And as I look back, I think I did not know all the right people. I knew God and my husband. And as far as he was concerned, that was the right people. Many times my husband would say to you, it's not your business who comes in the door. It's just your business to minister to them as the Lord leads. And to trust that who he brings, we have the anointing to minister to them. Amen. And here we are. And here we are. It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. In the last year or so, we've been talking, when people were talking about shutting doors, we were talking about going on and a bigger place and more people getting saved, more people getting healed, more people coming under that hand and being blessed by it and then standing on the word. And such an exciting time. And God put in us through many different sources. He began to speak. God is increasing. God is at work. There was a, a, a prayer prophecy by Pastor Ann back in December last year. How she prayed for increase and, and told us and declared that increase was coming. And it was so powerful. But sometimes we forget about it because life and because Christmas and because and because. But I recall those words today because they build us because we want to give honor to the word that he speaks. 
about a year and a half ago, just about the beginning, I believe it was March 2020 when Pastor Jason had the word that there would be a revival of truth. Can you think of any other thing more vital today than having a revival of truth in a nation that has so many lies? It is a day where we must be filled with his truth to love his truth, to walk in his truth, and to declare it. Let it come out of our mouths. These are the things that change people. When we speak the truth of the gospel, that Jesus is still our healer, he never stopped. That Jesus is still our deliverer, he never stopped. That we are still saved one only voice way. <laughs> he is the only son of God. He is the only way, and we are not embarrassed in any way to say so. <laughs> Amen. What a powerful word. Would you bring forward? So when uh, evangelist Bill Prankard was among us, he suddenly turned and said, come here and prophesied over me. And one of the other things he had brought up was that, uh, that prodigals would be returning and coming home. We also had this word, I think at the end of last year, that we were told that prodigals were coming. You remember that word, sister. And so we put together some posters to honor those words. He didn't know what had been spoken over our church. He just knows the spirit of God. And God had been leading this way. I'm telling you this because God said we're growing. God says we're going to need a bigger building. God says, we're, and see, I, I tell you the stories of the buildings because we've never had to do anything except obey his instruction. Two weeks before he came, knowing that God had said we're moving into a bigger place and to get ready, I said, Lord, is there anything? that I should do. This one time I sowed the seed, one time this. Is there anything you would have me to do? I will do whatever you say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are my leader. You walk beside me. You're my partner in life. Whatever you say, Holy Spirit, I will do. And so he says, the place you dwell in is too small. This came out of Bill Prankard. Know that, but God knows that. He's already provided. So it's his timing. It's his timing. You don't have to do anything. Just live in praise. Now, I like to plan. Out of all the words that God can give me, that probably is the most difficult. And for people who plan, you will understand. If you just gave me five things to do, I will do them with all my might. And he says, just live in praise. Yes, Jesus. <laughs> and so we give honor to that. And this is what God said. He said, God spoke. He spoke and this church began. He gave a vision and we are sitting in it today. And he says, we've had the vision of growth confirmed. Hallelujah. We'll be putting this up in the church. And we, we want to honor what God says. Thank you. We want to honor that word, do what he says, begin to walk in it and know that God is with us. I tell you of the history so that you can come in line and know this because the word of God tells us in Philippians that we are supposed to think on good things. And well, I got other things to think about. Well, here's something you can think about. You can think about God has always kept his word. Everything he's told us, everything has come to pass. I was only... 
uh, nine years old when the Lord spoke to me that I would go to Kenya. In one of the, the building that we were in with the two checks, that building, we called it the Bingo Hall building because it was next to the Bingo Hall. It was in that building I shared that vision of going to Kenya. And I'd been holding that vision a while. I was not nine when I went. You know, I was nine when I got the vision. I wasn't 10 the next year and went to Kenya. It didn't work that way. It was over 50. So when you're thinking about, when is God's word going to come to pass in my life? Hold fast. What he's told you will happen. I shared that vision about Kenya, and I said, is there anyone here who'd like to go with me? And I think it was your first or second Sunday at our church? First Sunday. And she goes, I'll come. I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's always been a shy sort. <laughs> and she really is. She is kind of shy. She's not anymore. Praise the Lord. And in fact, I knew her brother quite well. We had been in high school together. He was in my grade for a while. And so I kind of knew her, but I kind of didn't. I didn't really know her. And sure enough, we went to Kenya the first time in 2009. And God moved. And we saw so many miracles. Because what God says will happen, happens, happens. What goes on in the meantime between speaking and happening is our part. What do we do with the middle part? How do we wait on the Lord? I can tell you some wonderful things. In the meantime, I had, we had children. <laughs> that was one of the things. And they grew up. We did what we knew to do. We read, we prayed, we lived. We didn't sit in a chair waiting for the word to come to pass. Doesn't work that way. Apparently with this last instruction, this instruction is praise him. There are lots of things. I took some courses in the meantime. Not because I was trying to get more skilled. Because it was on my heart. So when you're waiting, there will be things. During the waiting time in this last two years, there have been plenty of opportunity to read a book or catch up on those things you've always wanted to do or unpack those boxes that are still back in the cupboard. But hardly anybody did because they were waiting. And they began to wait for a government's instructions instead of his. Well, when the government says we can move, we'll move. We'll get up and we'll go outdoors. When the government says, and we, we didn't even know that these things were happening. We were unaware. And the truth of that matter is, we were already set up for it. We weren't used to hearing God's voice. We hadn't become friends with the Holy Spirit, like he said. We knew a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. It's the words we use. But had we built that relationship? Were we walking with him and talking with him? And we used to sing, and he walks with me and he talks with me. We didn't do any of that. We could have. I'm not sure why we waited. Some, some didn't wait. Some procured. But this is a relationship with Jesus. It's an everyday thing. We don't wait for the right time to build relationships. Relationships are built every day. Not because you have to. I heard somebody say, well, you know, I don't really, I want to live by myself forever because I want to be able to do what I want to do. 
And I thought, in our marriage, I don't ever feel like I have to do what he wants to do or that I can't do what I want to do. It, that, that whole mentality isn't there because I love him. I love to do stuff. I love to do what he loves. I love it when he's happy. I, and he loves it when I'm happy. And so it's, it's all good. My relationship with Jesus is not so much unlike that. I love what he loves. Sometimes I'm a little uncomfortable, but we are all. Well, Jesus, you really want me to do that? Yeah, do nothing. Wait on him. And we go blank. And we thought, well, we'll sit down again and see if that works. The vision that God gave us for Celebration Life Church was that the city of Surrey, he would start here, that they would have a move among them, that we would hear people crying out for salvation. Just recently, when we had our outreach, it was very easy and someone got saved, but they wanted to talk and they wanted to hear about what Jesus did. They looked as, you people are weird and different. Well, you know, we knew we were weird and we also knew we were kind of different, but it's okay. Amen. We should be different. I'm not here to, to build this church according to the world's standards. The Lord said, built by his hand, not mine. And so that he would have his way. And sometimes we do unusual things at church, like follow him and change our service. We don't always do three flasks, two slow, one prophecy, and away we go. We don't always do that. Now, sometimes we do. But not because we plan to. And as we learn to follow the Holy Spirit, we want to just be open. If he interrupts the meeting, he already knew. He wasn't interrupting himself. <laughs> that God wants to reach this city. And so in that, it was my heart that God put in me to help you be confident in what he put in you. That what he put in you is good. He can't put in you anything that's negative. He can't put in you something that's halfway going to be all right, get you through the door. It's enough to get you by. There's nothing about God that's just enough. Nothing. So if he's saying that the city would be saved, and I began to say this, Surrey, city of salvation. And we prayed with pastors of the city, and we began to declare it. There was a point where the pastors of the city gathered, and we went around to every high school and prayed for them. We took them donuts for the teachers and things like that, too. And we told them, by the way, we're walking around your school just so that you're not freaking out, that there's strangers on your territory. We're not stepping on, we're on the public sidewalk, but we're walking around your school and we're praying for you and the, the students and the teachers. And they were like, some of them were like, ah, and some of them were like, praise the Lord. So we soon found out who were believers and not. <laughs> because we love the city. I remember a point we went into Wally area, which is now very different. We used to reach out and go on the streets and at night when the Lord directed and minister to the ladies of the evening. And God did some very wonderful things and some things not so interesting, but very wonderful in the end. Uh, there was one particular night where uh, they were fighting over one of the young girls who was there and they pulled out a gun on her. And because the Lord had directed us there, at this point, I was under the anointing and stood between her and the gun. 
And I said to the group, because we didn't walk alone, I said, all right, surround her and just pray in tongues. So she's behind me, a little circle of people, and they're praying in other tongues. And I'm facing the guy with a gun who's got his car door open. There's a driver, and he flips open. He's got a sawed-off gun. And, and uh, I said, put the gun away in the name of Jesus. And he didn't respond. I was, like, so offended. And I, I just, you know, when the Holy Spirit's moving on you, you're like, why isn't this working? And <laughs> what you do when you're waiting for the next part of God to move. And so, like, so the third time, it was like, I told you, in the name of Jesus, put that gun away. And he looks at me and goes, okay. Pulls the gun and shuts the door, and they drive off. <laughs> and we're all like, yes. And, you know, and we're like, okay. And then we talk to the lady. We pray for her. She was only 15. You know. When we got back to the car, we went, whoa, that was really crazy. <laughs> but at the time, we were real cool. God was with us. We were cool. Because later, we went, ah. A couple of weeks later, because of where we were situated, there was a, a car park behind us. And one of the undercover police people came to us and said, by the way, said, we, we saw you a couple of weeks ago. And we were ready to take the shot. So I thought, well, I said, well, the Lord was watching over us. <laughs> I was like, oh. Now I tell you a wonderful part. When we were in the bingo hall building, now that girl saw me one day. So this is several years later. And she said, do you remember me? She said, I got out. I have two small children and I'm married. Why are we here? That's why. That's why. Every person can make a difference. Every person can make a difference. Every one of us. Every one of us. Every one of us. Surrey, city of salvation. A people who would rise up in confidence in God that what he's told you will come to pass. What am I going to do while I wait? I'm going to love him. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to walk beside him. I'm going to develop that relationship that I have with him. I'm going to learn to trust him more and I'm going to learn to love him more. Can you learn to love Jesus more? Absolutely. You know how this works? Because we don't really know what love is because we have this kind of a wrong idea based on what the world says. So when we get to know Jesus, it's different. And, and it's unconditional. What does that mean? As, as uh, Shalane was singing in that song about his greatness, we magnify him and push him away. But when he's magnified, he's just bigger in our eyes. Amen? And he's because he's closer. Because he's closer. And he knows your crazy junk and loves you. And I'm very glad of that. Because if he was waiting, you see, I thought, well, the only reason I was waiting for the word of God, see, this is what happens. We think that, oh, my goodness, I'm waiting for God. I'm waiting for his word. The reason it's delaying is because I'm not good enough. So let's just talk about that for a minute. God makes us good enough. And just like in that word, it's his timing, his timing. 
He's not waiting for you to get perfect. He's not waiting for you to get more word or pray better. I still trip over my word sometimes when I pray. I still can trip over the word when I'm reading it out loud. And God uses me. I am not perfect. I don't have perfect anything. But in his eyes, I'm perfect. And that's what matters. In his eyes, you're perfect. And that's what counts. And all you have to do is open your mouth, which is where we are at today. We're honoring the words that God has spoken, and he wants to speak through his people. And, you know, the scheme of the enemy is to convince you to keep your mouth shut. Is that all coming? And one of the words that Pastor Heather had was that it's so simple. It's so simple. And we have made the gospel so complicated we don't share it. Well, you know, if we, we better know those four spiritual laws. Now, I learned the four spiritual laws. I came from the Salvation Army. We know the four spiritual laws. We know the Roman road. And if you don't know what those are, that's okay. Amen. <laughs> the, the, the four spiritual laws? <laughs> For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. And, and, and we had little, those little tracks with the trains, faith, you know, focused, and they joined together, and it was wonderful, and that's how we learned to share the gospel. And then, of course, at the end of every tract, we had a, we, we pray this prayer with someone, and we said, there you go, you're saved, and they had no more saved than a page turned in a book. But we got them to say those words, and they said them. Now, it did begin something, because the truth of the matter is, is Romans 10, 9, and 10 is a truthful thing. If you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. But you better start confessing. But you've got to be believing. When your heart is changed, it won't be a problem confessing. And that's the problem with with, uh, the gospel not being shared. We're just not convinced yet. Has Jesus saved you? Yes or no. Are you born again and do you know it? I grew up in an atmosphere where we were never sure. (laughs) Whoops, there goes my salvation. I sinned. Now, I, I do actually believe you can lose your salvation, but not like that. That's not easy. Amen. Amen. So don't be worried about whether you're saved or not. If you believe in your heart that Jesus is raised, if you believe he went to the cross for you, let your heart speak. Let it echo. Let, let your friends know what's really in your heart. Because if they're your friends, they'll listen. If they're your friends, they'll listen. There was a young man, and I had gone through some things as a teenager. Sometimes people do that. I had about six or seven months where I wasn't doing things quite right. And I was under tremendous conviction by the Holy Ghost, but it did them anyway. And... Uh, I just, I, but I couldn't live with myself. You know, I had praying grandmas and people. Believe God, when you're praying, it really makes sin uncomfortable. Keep doing it. Keep praying prayers like that for children and other people's children. They should feel very uncomfortable where sin's concerned. Amen. So keep it up. It worked for me. And so I had, I had surrendered. That's it. Part of my stall in surrender is because I knew God wanted to use me in the ministry. And I was very nervous that I wasn't qualified. 
I didn't understand, just like I was saying before. I was waiting for something. I knew that there was something going on, but I was nervous about my disqualifications. And I had a few, and I'd let him know all the time, like God didn't know. Hi, these are all the reasons why you shouldn't use me. And, and told him about them on a regular basis. First of all, it was, I, I, was, I talked to the Lord about starting a church, and did he know I was female? <laughs> God knew. <laughs> Amen? And today, I had favor in this hour because God knew what was in store. Because it, during the pandemic thing, they wanted to talk to faith leaders. And there were a lot of fellas, but they wanted a woman on the team. And I got to be on the team because I was female. I was like, okay, well, that's cool. God used it. God uses who you are and what he places in you. So I was telling you a story about this one fella. So I got my life right, and I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I knew now I was clean. Something I had not grasped before about the blood of Jesus grabbed my heart. And I knew I was forgiven. And so I had to tell everybody. And it was easy. It was easy. So there was this fella and their family, and I had taken a lot of, I, I've always had a very compassionate heart for those who are in challenges, and they were going through a very challenging separation with the, the, his, his mom, and the three of them had different levels of, of muscular dystrophy. And so they were really struggling at home. Mom was gone. This dad is like trying to now raise these three teenage boys, and the oldest one being my age, and so we were like 19. And, and so I, I, I don't know what to do. I start making them pies. <laughs> My grandma taught me to make pies when I was little, so I start making them pies and feeding them because I knew that's what I could do. So I started feeding them and bringing them meals. I pray over them. Jesus, oh, bless them. Take them food, take them food. Now, I'd known him for some time. And so finally, one of these <laughs> escapades, I said, look, I got to tell you why I'm feeding you, <laughs> why I'm bringing you pie. It's not just because I, I care about you, but I care about your soul. And they listened. He didn't accept Jesus that day, but he listened, and he knew I wasn't lying. And I said, you know what? I can't hang out and go, go doing stuff with you, but I'll keep feeding you if you like. <laughs> so I kept feeding him. I prayed for him. I go into a meeting one day several years down the road. I walk in. There he is. He's like 33 now, so it's a while. And I see him, and, and he was attending a, a Christian conference. I'm I knew he'd moved to Edmonton. And he says, oh, I got born again. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, he had muscular dystrophy, remember? People with that don't gain weight. They're skinny. <laughs> and he had, had a lot of operations. And he would walk funny. And he was kind of, you know. But he was walking perfectly normal. I went to church. I had them lay hands on me. And I've totally healed. God keeps his word. I didn't feel qualified. I didn't believe I was qualified, but I shared with what I had. It wasn't perfect. I didn't get out my little tract and read it with him, though. And um, I just said, let it come out of your heart. And one day it did. I'd sowed a seed. So sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, you know, it's taken so long for me to get from the word to the answer, from the was to the are. All things are and were created by him. All things are and were. And some of you sitting here today is, I've been through so much, I don't know how I'm going to get to where I got to, have to go next. Get to know Jesus. You have time to build your relationship with him. Know his voice, it's precious. 
And when he speaks, listen. And he's, chances are he's not saying a bunch of bad stuff neither. <laughs> you know, I was always waiting for the, the stick, you know, because I figured I needed one. Yeah, lightning bolt. We used to joke about that. Don't do that. Lightning's going to strike you. Don't stand too close to your friend because you know they've been sinning and you don't want to stand next to them because, you know, no one ever made jokes like that, right? <laughs> I know you would sin. I'm not standing close to you. <laughs> amen, amen. Yeah. With all the things as they've unfolded, there's some really important things. God unfolds his word in our life, and we begin to believe, yes, we will be in a bigger building. Yes, we're going to praise him in the meantime. And while this is happening, I'm getting to know him better. When I praise him, uh, uh, more things open up. I look back and I go, whoa, it really is a miracle I'm alive. And uh, things like that. And I, he has kept me. Every word he's spoken has come to pass. And I realize this very precious thing. Sometimes he talks to us and he tells us things and we don't really get how important it is till much later. So many times, so many times. Whoa, that was God in the was category. Done that before? Oh, that was him. Hmm. So glad I turned away. So glad I didn't go down that street today. Did you know there was a terrible accident? And I just thought inside I had this, I should go the other way. Little things like that. Turn with me, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I had lots of scripture today. It's kind of inserted here and there and everywhere, but we're getting there. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. A couple, sometime last year, perhaps a year before, I started talking about being in your own lane and knowing your own lane and, and used words like that. I believe in this day it's so important so that you can look down and say, what has God put in me? What and why? When we were created in the womb, we were humans right at conception, just so that we're all clear. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And he knew what gender we were. Yeah. He's not questioning that at all. He knows. If he knows your hair on your head and he knows your name, he knows whether you're a man or a woman. It's not complicated. So when he formed you in the womb, he knew. He knew what he was making. And he put things, wonderful things in there. He knew the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. He knows. He knows what's coming. He knows. So he puts wonderful things in there and usually takes us way too long to figure it out. First mm -mm -mm. Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to start at verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. We are a tribe. <laughs> and if the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, it's therefore not of the body, just because the foot says so. Well, you know, I'm just a foot. I'm not like the hand, and I'm certainly not like the head. I'm, I'm not really a part of the body. And this is the biggest problem that is in the church today. We think, well, I got a finger, I'll just go off and do what fingers do all by themselves. But a finger without a thumb is useless. Yeah, it just points, yeah. And then it's pointing out all kinds of weird things. It's pointless, <laughs> can't grab anything, it's terrible. And we become divided. Sometimes it's because we're trying to recognize ourselves, right? 
Oh, but it, you know, once you figure out who you are, try to figure out who's next to you. It will help you because then you'll be able to work together. Aren't you glad we don't all have shovels? Yep. Yep. Somebody got a pick to make the hole. Have you ever gone by someone working on the street? I'm always amazed at how many people stand there with the map and only one guy down the hole. <laughs> and you see it's the youngest guy that's also the thinnest fellow. <laughs> we walked by that the other day with one of the grandchildren. Look, there's somebody in that hole and there was a little head that bobbed out. But there were several people standing around, at least three of them with a map in hand and all kinds of gear on them. And they're all like talking away and having a coffee and buddies down the hole. But they're all doing their individual job. <laughs> I just like to be the guy with the paper. <laughs> but if they don't work as a team, buddy gets left in the hole, that's not good either. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? For those of you who are not aware, I have a very keen sense of smell, which can be a tremendous blessing and a tremendous curse. I have found that what God gives you, if it's in the wrong hands, goes awful. Yeah. And you take things and you think, I'm going to use this for myself. I've seen prophetic gifts go that way. Because there's a counterfeit to everything means there's also truth. But we get more familiar with the, the wrong than the right. We need to be very familiar with the right. And then we won't be so concerned about the rest. Amen? When you know truth, you know what a lie is. It's not truth. Pretty simple, right? How will I know if they're lying, Pastor? Well, do you know the truth? Find out the truth, and then you'll know. Amen. Clever, isn't it? Simple. Just very simple. Now God has set. Now God has set. Now God has set. Who's in charge of the setting? God. Not me, not you. God is in charge of this part. He set. Every member, every one of them in his body as it pleased him. As it pleased him. He likes it. He knows it's going to work. He knows we can't all be administrators because if there's no administrators and there's no workers, and I mean, what a mess if everybody's an in a planner and there's no actual people to do anything. Can you imagine them trying to go somewhere in the car? Everybody read the map? Nobody drive? Well, I got my Waze out and my, well, my Google Maps says something else. Well, I'm using Waze. It's better. It's Waze better. <laughs> but no one gets behind the wheel. No one impresses the gas. But we're all talking about what we're going to do when we get there. Who is behind the wheel? Somebody got to be behind the wheel. Don't hate the person beside. Oh, they're going too fast. Oh, they're going too slow. Don't criticize the guy behind the wheel. Do your part. If you're a backseat driver, you know, I got one of those when I was in the States. I got a backseat driver's license. They gave it to me one day. <laughs> I was doing mission work and I was traveling with this group and I was in the backseat and I'm saying, you can't go that way. <laughs> so one day they presented me with a backseat driver's license. <laughs> I got the message. <laughs> See, I've lived long enough to have a lot of stories, amen? <laughs> and praise the Lord, he blessed me with a good memory. Some days, mm. <laughs> Praise God. He set us in the body as it pleased him. As it pleased him. 
as it pleased him. One of the greatest lessons I've learned is that sometimes we get beside the wrong person thinking that they're like us. So we try to gather all the shoveling people together, the ones who can all dig together. But I need more than the people who will just dig a hole. I need the other people who know how to build, who know how to put the stuff down. I need to be with a variety. You know, birds of a feather, we tend to flock together, right? But if I don't learn to love all the pieces and how God made them, it's going to be a very narrow-minded people. God needs us all in our place and to honor the places he's given others. I know as a parent, when one of our children came to me and said, someone's always doing this, did you know? Telling on their sister. I was like, can you imagine what God hears every day? Did you know they were doing this down the block at that church? Did you know them? Read the book of Revelation, chapter 2, and part of chapter 2, and to the end of 3. Seven churches, it all starts the same way. I know thy works. God knows. Don't get hang up there. Learn what's in someone else and love it. The primary foundational thing that God put in my heart for every person at Celebration Life Church was that we would know the love of God and that we would walk in it, that we would walk deeper in it, learn to love each other strong and not, you know, give up on people. We love them with the love of God. Now, that doesn't mean we can't fix stuff, but we can love them. We can love them with God's kind of love that forgives, that helps people get up, and also who loves them when they're doing well. It's one thing to love someone when they're in a mess, but do you love them just as much when they prosper? Ooh, that jealousy thing. Well, I like you. And, you know, they're smiling, but they're like, why do you have that car and I don't? Right. Let's learn to love where he placed us, to love the lane he's called us in. There's things that he wants us to do as we now build and believe God to go forward, to really know what has he placed in my heart? What's so easy? What's so easy? What is going to increase? What's the truth of it? What are those things that God is building? How do we go into that next? What have I got in my hand? Are you a good cook? Can you bless someone else? Are you, have you got a good memory and you can help someone who doesn't have a good memory? Are you a planner? Are you a builder? What do you do with your hands and how can you love each other with it? There was an infamous thing that took place in right here in British Columbia, in Vancouver, many years ago when the four-minute mile was broken. And Rogers and Bannister, if you're old enough, you'll know about this. Maybe you've seen the statue. I think we got a picture of it. John, will br John does those things. He'll bring it up shortly. There they are. Rogers and Bannister. See the guy with the turned head? See how he turned the wrong way? They're about to break the four-minute mile. Fast runners. One's ahead of the other. But competition bites him in the last moment. And he looks at the other lanes, but he scoots by and beats him. That statue's in Vancouver by the Peony. A memorial of people not knowing their lane and owning it. It's so important to trust what God has placed inside you. 
You don't have to look to the right or the left. We don't have to be looking backwards and turning into salt. We be salt, not a salt pole. Amen. Love each other strong. Know it. Know the place God set you. It pleases him. It pleases him. And somebody, how can I please God? Get in your lane and love it. Find out about it. Find out the depth of it. I, I love to cook. I love to bless people with food. I, it's not always a great thing, um, but, but I love to do that. And it's just such a simple way to love each other. And I, we've got some tremendous cooks in our midst. Praise the Lord. But what else can you do? Can you help someone write it down? Can you help an elderly friend? Can you help and assist a neighbor? Do, what, when you, do you know your neighbor's name? Now, I have not always been the best with names, but I can remember a face. Amen? Where are your strengths? Are you too embarrassed of your weaknesses to discover your strengths? Or, are you, or has the devil made you think that if I admit that I have strengths, there's something wrong with me, I'm taking the glory for God, which you can't? I said that really fast. I'll slow that down. You cannot take the glory from God. You glorify him by using what he placed inside you. That's how that works. You, we glorify his name every time we've stepped out and we trusted him. When you speak to that neighbor, when you move forward in his plan, God's got a bigger building coming. Surrey will be saved. The nation of Canada is being saved. There are people in the North Country that I have such a heart for that are in challenges. Are you someone who would pray for the nations? Is that what's inside of you? Have you had visions for the people who are the first peoples of Canada? Do you, where is your heart? What is it saying to you? What is the Lord stirring inside of you? When you hear about vision and honoring God's word and honoring what's going uh, before him, honoring what he said, what is the thing that comes to mind with you? Do you want to share the gospel with someone? One of the things we haven't talked about for years is the powerful calling of God. We talk about being called as business people, and they are, and every anointing is important because it comes from heaven. But we haven't talked much about the calling to ministry. When I was younger, uh, I, I knew I was called at 14 years old. It was not uncommon to hear people in their early 20s knowing that they had a call of God on their life. I also heard people say, I have a call to be a physician. I have a call to be a lawyer, a call to be a teacher. It used to come in that way. And in this hour and in this day, it's become more of a profession. I can tell you today, we need those who are hearing the call and responding to it. That the call would come alive again. That we would hear and know his voice so well. And you don't have to be 20 to hear it. You can be whatever age and begin to hear it. We've seen the little ones who come up here. They may start hearing those calls. And we want to be supportive of it. If you feel that maybe you've missed a little bit. Of, but at every time it stirs inside of you. You might feel afraid or nervous. Is it? too late. It's not too late if you're breathing. 
but that the call would begin to ring in our hearts again. That those who he's called in to speak the word, to proclaim the world, as I said in the beginning from the scripture from, from uh, 1 Corinthians and chapter 2, that there's words that he's calling us to preach, but not with the word of the world, but with the word of God and his anointing that changes hearts and lives. That it would come alive in the people. And those who are called begins to acknowledge, yes, God, I hear your voice. Yes, God, I hear that stirring. Yes, Lord, I know I'm called. I'm not putting it on the shelf anymore. There's nothing to be embarrassed about a call of God. There is nothing and there is everything you need within that call. Everything you need to accomplish what he set forth for you to do. Everything. The anointings there. The, uh, the uh, equipment. The equipment. I don't know what to do. God will help you get in the right way so that you will. It doesn't matter like it did with me. When I realized it didn't matter that God would equip me, he would do the perfecting. When I got out of the way, he did it. God, I'm not very uh, good in front of people. I would do different things with others, but I wouldn't do them individually. The first time I was asked to speak in the church after I was married, I jammed. I got to Sunday, the Saturday night before the Sunday meeting, and I was literally throwing up. I was so nervous. And I phoned up the pastor. I said, I can't do it. So when you're looking in the mirror and say, God, I can't do this. I feel your call. I sense your calling in my life. I know I'm called to preach your word and to bring it to my generation. I know I'm young, but God, I want to hear and I want to do and I want to follow you. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. I'm telling you today, I stand in a place with every confidence in heaven that I am called and that I'm doing what I am supposed to do. And you can have that same confidence and you can walk in it and God will be glorified through it. It is time for us to stand up. I don't mean literally. <laughs> stand up and embrace his call. Know that what he says. And when he, I know you're all just so ready to go and obey. Amen. <laughs> and that's wonderful. There is a place where he's stirring that word. I want to read to you one final word today. And then we're going to worship and thank our God and believe him. Amen. And I will pray for you. There are some words stirring, and I know that, and God has more things to say. This uh, actually came in the mail from Kenneth Copeland, and if you were able to catch that, uh, uh, the Canada Day thing, he also prayed and prophesied over Canada on that. There's about two or three minutes with him. When we find that link again, it was there, and then it was gone, and so we'll work at, at getting that out there and post that in our chat. And uh, praise the Lord. So this is what what he decreed over Canada from Kenneth Kilwell Ministries. I believe and trust God that because Canada was founded on his word, we will see Canada turn back to God, experience his presence. He is our God and we are his people. And I thought that is such a great way to end this portion of our time together today. That we are his people, called by his name. That we never need to be ashamed. We never need to be afraid. And that the calling, the things that he's put inside of us. Are you a leader? Can you lead? There are a lot of people who, who are waiting for the sound of the leader's voice. He places us. He gets us beside the right people. And when we're in that right place, wow.
It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Would you stand upon your feet? Now you can stand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shapulta Pramelema Adusikere. You are our God. We are your people. We thank you for your mighty hand on this people, O oh God. At this time, when we say yes to your plans, yes to moving forward, yes to what you're doing in our hearts, yes, we say yes to you, O oh God. We thank you for the words that you have spoken. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. We thank you that you are a completer. You are a completer of the work you begin. Oh, Holy Spirit. We thank you for being our guide in this earth, our instructor, that you will lead us and guide us. That you will lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit. That your voice will become precious to us. That we will heed it. Where that voice has been foggy. Where it's been unclear. We speak to that today. We thank you for that anointing that just washes away. It washes it away. That the ears come open, the eyes see. And the mind clears. His sheep hear his voice. And they don't just know it, they love it. Oh, we love your voice. We love your voice. Oh, just call them out and say, thank you for your voice. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for placing us in this nation. Canada is being saved. Your people are unashamed of the gospel. We will speak it strong with all our heart, with all our might. We will honor you, O oh God. And lift your voice. Shiprata. Yes. Shiproha. Maleke brete. Ibrosondoi. Chele. Leta The heaviness that's been on your people that have caused them to be silent when they should have spoken. Father, we thank you this day that that silence is removed. That the joy of speaking your word, the joy of lifting your voice would be in every person here today. For the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. His strong hand. His strong and outraged, outstretched hand toward every one of us. And we thank you, Lord, that as we move forward, those, those sicknesses that are trying to stick, those things like that that we heard today, we believe your word. 
And we thank you for it, that it's continuing to work, that things that hindered physical bodies. Today, God, we, we were stirred to hear of your miracles, what you do amongst your people, what you do amongst our people, Shuka, amongst your children, our healer, our deliverer, our great God. Oh, that it's evidenced. Oh, we give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.